Greetings fellow captains, and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Today we are featuring the Italian battleship Roma, named of course after the Roma Tomato. Right? Yeah? Is that is that what I'm getting here? Roma Tomato? They named a battleship after a tomato? What? You don't think so? You don't think that the Italians would name a battleship after a type of tomato? Well, I mean, they are known for their cuisine, and it's focused on a tomato. Okay, okay, it's named after Rome, and Rome is actually pronounced Roma in Italian, which I kind of find interesting. Why would we not pronounce it the same way that they pronounce it? I don't know, I guess that's a question for language experts. But anyways, let us get on with the show. Now, Roma is a member of a select few ships in World of Warships that are not actually the lead ships of their class. Most of them are premium ships, but there is a handful of tech tree ships that are not the lead ships of their class. And what do I mean by that? Well, warships are organized by class, as I'm sure most of you know. It's essentially like a model of car. So you have your Ford Escape. So Ford would be like Italy. So Italy makes the battleship, and now the model is going to be the literal class. And I believe that's how you pronounce it. And that's the class that Roma represents. It was a class of four battleships, or at least supposed to be four battleships. The fourth one, Impero, which means empire, was not completed, and it fell into German hands only to be well, disposed of as a mere hulk, and just a hull that was only 28% complete would have required 18 more months of labor and hard labor to finish. Which is kind of strange, because Roma was launched after Impero was launched, but Roma was actually finished, and Impero was not. I don't know, maybe it was just a namesake that they prioritized Roma over it. But unfortunately for Roma, she still doesn't have much of an interesting history because the Italian fleet was very short on fuel and could not actually afford to use the battleships it spent so long building. However, it was special in one way, and that's how it earned its way into World of Warships, and that was it was the first ship ever to be sunk by a guided armament. And essentially it was just a uh, unpropelled guided bomb that was launched by the Germans after the Italian fleet had surrendered to the Allies. It had The Italian fleet had made its way to an Allied port, or was making its way to an Allied port, when they were intercepted by German bombers, and these German bombers had Fritz, or Fritz X radio-controlled bombs. And that is what dealt the killing blow to battleship Roma. But let's get into the specifications of Roma. So she was a literal class battleship, as I have said before. She displaced 45,485 long tons at full load. She was 240.68 meters long, and that's 70 or 789 feet 8 inches long. She had a beam of 32.82 meters, or 107 feet 8 inches, which is actually very wide for a battleship, especially at the speed that it goes. She had a draft of 9.6 meters, which is 31 feet 6 inches, which is actually fairly deep for a battleship, too. 
that especially for a battleship that goes her speed. She was a very fast battleship, and we'll get to that later. But that's how deep that the USS New Mexico was. And USS New Mexico is by no means a fast battleship. It is barely capable of pedestrian speed and would have a nosebleed if it so much as thought about going the top speed of Roma. She had an installed power of eight Yarrow boilers, and that produced 128,000 shaft horsepower, which is a lot. She had four steam turbines, which turned four screws, and screws are just kind of the official term for propeller. She was capable of a speed of, wait for it, 30 knots, which is very fast only rivaled by the Germans and the later fast American battleships. She had a complement, so a crew, of 1,830 to 1,950 crewmen, and her main armament consisted of nine 15-inch guns, which is something I kind of find interesting about the Roma, is the aft turret, so the turret in the back of the ship, is set, uh, situated so high that it looks like there should be. There should be an extra turret down there to make it 12 15-inch guns, which make it an even more formidable battleship. But for whatever reason, they did away with that in order to make room for aviation facilities, which I guess aviation facilities are valuable, but still I can't help but think that maybe an extra 315-inch guns would be better. And on to the secondary armaments. So she had 12 152mm guns, and that's 6 inches, and they were located in the side of the ships, each in turrets of 3. There, she had four 120mm 4.7-inch guns. She had 12 90mm 3.5-inch guns, and those served anti-aircraft purposes, along with the 37mm 1.5-inch guns and the 20mm 0.79-inch guns. Those were all anti-aircraft guns. She was very well armored for her speed. Her belt had 350 millimeters of armor, which is 13.8 inches. That's nothing to sneeze at, especially for a battleship that can tear at you at 30 knots, which, for people who don't know what a knot is, that's around 35 miles an hour, or 56 kilometers an hour. She had deck armor that was 162 millimeters, or 6 inches thick, which is crazy. I don't think it's that thick in, in World of Warships, but that's also nothing to sneeze at. The turrets had 350 millimeters of armor all the way around, and the conning tower had 260 millimeters of, of armor, and that's 10 inches. So this thing was a literal tank, and I know battleships are always, well, almost always, <laughs> British battle cruisers, uh, very well armored, but this is kind of taking it to the extreme, and it still can make that 30 knots, which I'm emphasizing that because that's very fast for a battleship. She carried three aircraft, and they were either fighters or spotting aircraft, and the spotting aircraft was an IMAM RO-43, which interesting fact about that is it was never really proved as an effective spotter. It actually wasn't very good as its job for a reconnaissance plane, but the Italian Navy decided to use it anyways, and it was used all the way until the Italian surrender in 1943. And the fighter was an RE-2000. And she was only equipped with one catapult for those three fighters, which is kind of strange because most battleships have 
At least two catapults. Some have three, I believe. Or at least some planned ones have three. And on to the history of the literal class of battleships. Italian battleships, to be exact. So Benito Mussolini did not actually start rearming the navy until 1933, which is a bit late, because warships take a long time to build. And uh, you can see this in the Germans, because they only had two of their planned great naval arsenal of battleships actually in service, and one of them was sunk in the Atlantic. Um, let's see if you can guess which one that is. But the Vittorio Veneto and the Littoral were laid down in 1934, and these were laid down to support what was already in existence, which was the Cante de Cavio class of battleships that were from World War One. Those Cante de Cavio class was modernized extensively to make it a suitable warship for World War Two, and the Littoral class of warships was only supposed to consist of two warships, the Vittorio Veneto and the Littoral, which meant the Roma would have never existed. However, in 1935, the Italian Navy uh, began building their navy up in a five-year naval program, and that was going to include four battleships, three aircraft carriers, four cruisers, 54 submarines, and 40 other smaller ships. In December 1935, Admiral Adami why Italy? Actually, why international countries? Why do your names have to be so hard? So, Domenico Cavallari. I think if you just lay the Italian accent on thick and just try, it'll kind of sound right. Proposed that to Mussolini, he said, among other things, two more battleships of the literal class should be built in an attempt to counter the possible Franco-British alliance. Okay, I'll stop. But if the two countries were to join forces, they would easily overwhelm the Italian navy, and that was not acceptable under this admiral's views, and actually under everyone's views. So there was money allocated for two more battleships, which was Roma and Impero. Roma means Rome, as I said, and Impero means empire. And that was in January 1937. So the Roma was laid down four years after Vittorio Veneto and Littro. And the design was improved to give the more freeboard for the Roma. And freeboard is essentially like how far the deck is off the water. And this can help with preventing it from getting wet or obscuring the gun sights and it improves the ship's handling in high seas so or well and it also makes it heavier and uh, from experience with Vittorio Veneto Roma was given a smaller and finer stern and that I believe was to increase top speed and improve handling and she was also given more 0.79 inch or 20 millimeter 65 caliber anti-aircraft guns so Roma was launched on June 9th, 1940, and she was commissioned, or construction was completed, and she was commissioned on June 14th, 1942, two years after her launch. And she was officially in service on August 21st, 1942. So on to the operational history of Roma. Oh wait, there was none. The ship was never engaged in combat. 
or at least any offensive combat. She only received hits and never fired anything other than her anti-aircraft guns at bombers. You might be thinking, well, Jaden, why is that? Why would the Italian Navy spend all the time and money and go through all the pains of building this grand battleship named after their capital city if they weren't even going to use it? Well, that kind of comes down to poor planning. So essentially, the Italian Navy was really short on fuel. It was so short on fuel, in fact, that the four modernized battleships of the Conte de Cavior class were taken out of service because there was simply not enough fuel to go around for the entire fleet, leaving only three battleships. And remember, they were supposed to have four battleships in service according to the grand scheme of naval uh, modernization. They only had three, and that was the literal-class battleships. So the literal, the Vittorio Veneto, and the Roma. So, three battleships, and how many do the British have? Yeah, way more than that. Like, a lot more than that. So, they also had a lack of escort ships for their battleships, and battleships are, well, very powerful, helpless against smaller craft like submarines and destroyers. Submarines and destroyers, in fact, eat battleships for breakfast. It's a known fact, look it up. And this fact rendered the Italian Navy useless. Literally useless. The Roma was never used in combat. It was supposed to, but it never was. It was attacked by uh, HMS Umbara, a British submarine, when it was trying to go from Toronto to Naples as kind of a response to the Allied invasion of North Africa. And it was attacked by Allied aircraft numerous times, but it never fired its 15-inch guns. It never fired its secondary batteries. And it only took damage and thus cost the Italian Navy more money to repair it. And then sat in port, tied up to the jetty, doing nothing. Could you imagine how boring it would be to like serve in the Italian Navy? I guess it's a good thing, though, because you're in zero risk of dying. But wait, there's... Allied aircraft, they're attacking you. So you don't get any action as far as you don't get to inflict pain, you just get pain inflicted on you, which seems like a miserable experience. And this was not unique to the Roma, though. It was unique to the entire Italian Navy. They were just good at being useless, I guess, because poor planning. You can't build a Navy super huge if you don't have enough fuel to fuel your ships. I'm sure... A six-year-old could figure out that if I have no fuel for my ships, why should I build them? But Benito Mussolini's like, yeah, sure, we're going to build this huge navy, and it's going to be grand, and we're going to be the next Roman Empire, and we're going to assume our place among the sacred people, I guess. I don't know. Tell me what he was trying to do. And that further exposed Benito Mussolini's incompetence at doing anything tactically related. So that kind of led to the Italian surrender. It's like, so we got a whole huge navy, actually a pretty respectable navy, that would give the British great pains to put out a service by bombing or engaging in direct naval combat. And we can't use it because we're out of fuel. And someone, our leader, did not plan for this? did not plan for the utter lack of fuel that we would have, and stuck with, instead should have stuck with smaller, more numerous craft that required less fuel and could inflict serious damage upon the Royal Navy's battleships, or they could have stuck to a submarine fleet, like the Germans did, and inflicted massive pains on Allied shipping and capital ships. 
But no, we had to have those huge capital ships because apparently you can't have a big navy without having big guns. Yeah, tell Switzerland that. Like seriously, Switzerland kept itself neutral with its navy, which I find kind of amazing considering it consisted of only a few cruisers, a few dozen destroyers, and lots of patrol craft. It still gave the Germans quite big pains. And you might be thinking, okay, well they got it, like, something interesting should have happened. Well, I mean, if you consider a uh, bomb ricocheting off the top of the forward turret, interesting, yes, that did happen. A 2,000-pound armor-piercing bomb was dropped by a U.S. Air Force B-17 on Roma while it was at port, and it sh uh, ricocheted off it and caused zero harm. But two other bombs landed and penetrated, or actually they over-penetrated the armor, which I kind of find interesting, and caused flooding, and the ship took on 2,000 tons of water which is a lot of water, and that's basically it. They went to a different port to be repaired, then went to another port, got hit again, then back to a different port to be repaired. So what's interesting about this ship? When does the guided bomb come in? Well, that's actually after the Italian surrender. And you might be thinking, well, Jaden, what could possibly happen that would be interesting after a country surrenders? and it results in the loss of its naval flagship. What could possibly happen? Well, that's kind of what the sneaky Germans are going to be involved. So when the Italians surrendered, they had planned, like, on the day they surrendered, the Navy was actually planning, or actually executing, an invasion of Allied ports, particularly Salnero, and they were going to attack the Allied shipping to prevent the mainland invasion of Sicily. Or, I mean of Italy, not Sicily. The invasion of Sicily had already happened. But that already happened, the invasion of Italy, so great job, Italian Navy. And they then altered course to sail towards the Allied port of La Spreza. And I think that is in... Um, that's got to be in Tunisia, I think? Yeah, I think it's in Tunisia. And... The Germans saw this, and they were like, no, 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 you're not taking control of an entire navy and possibly going to use it against us. So they sent some bombers after the Italian fleet, which was promised air cover by the Allies, but never received it. And these bombers were Dornio Dios 217s, and they were armed with those Fritz X radio-controlled bombs. And you might be thinking, well, how would they be allowed to attack the Italian fleet? The entire Italian fleet that was operational, not construction. The entire Italian fleet, how would they not, or how would they be able to make it through that supposed wall of anti-aircraft fire? Well, they were actually sighted too far away from the fleet. They, I mean, they were sighted, but they were too far away from the fleet to be identified as Allied or Axis. And the Italian commander assumed that, well, okay, so this is just going to be our Allied air cover. They're just going to patrol the area, and we'll be safe, hopefully, from any bombers that are going to attack us. And they, it's not unreasonable to assume that, because they did circle the fleet and try to imitate friendly air cover for a while. Until they decided to blow their cover and attack the... Roma and Le Littero at 3.37 p.m. or 15.37 if you're in military time. And that quickly spurred the Italian fleet into action, and they were disappointed that they didn't get their air cover. 
but all anti-aircraft batteries opened fire, and it was just kind of every man for himself as far as the ships were concerned. But that kind of worked well for most of the cruisers who had good anti-aircraft firepower and littoral, which had ended up by some cruisers in mutual anti-aircraft fire. But unlucky enough for the Roma, it was singled out by the Dornier Doe 217s, and it was focused down. Oh, and just a quick note, Littoral had been named Italia, or renamed Italia, at this point. So I'll refer to it as its new name. So Italia was hit first on the starboard side beneath her four main turrets. This didn't cause that much damage, and it was able to maintain combat status. But Roma was hit on the starboard side as well, and the bomb actually passed through the ship and exploded beneath the keel. Which isn't good, because as some of you may know, some more naval knacks may know, modern torpedoes don't actually hit the ships. They just explode underneath the keel, causing severe damage, and actually causing some ships to crack straight in half. And that's kind of what happened with the Rome. So it was hit, and the exploded underneath the keel, severely damaging the main hull girder, and it allowed water in to flood the engine rooms, particularly the after engine rooms, and two of the boiler rooms. And this flooding caused the two inboards, so the two middle propellers, to stop completely, and they actually started some electrical fires on the stern of the ship. So Roma rapidly lost power and speed and fell out of the battle group. And that's never good because then it's out of mutual protection and the bombers are pretty much guaranteed to single it out. And yeah, that's pretty much what happened. So another Fritz X at 1602 slammed into the starboard side of Roma's deck. And this detonated in the forward engine room and it sparked a fire and caused heavy flooding in the magazines of the forward main batteries. And this also caused flooding of the secondary batteries main magazines. And this put more pressure on the hull girder as well. What happened next is the magazines were detonated by the fire that started in the forward engine room, presumably. I mean, no one really knows for sure. And one of the 15-inch turrets, number two, so I believe that's a turret, was blown completely out of the ship and <laughs> into the sky and fell back down next to the ship and sank. And to put this in, or actually it makes sense of this, the uh, main batteries are not actually held in by any like clamping means. They're just set down into the turret rings of the ship and they're set down in there by their own weight. So that's why most shipwrecks of warships have their turrets missing, and it's just kind of the turret ring hole. But each of those guns, the guns, not just the turret assembly, the guns, so there's three of them in the turret, weigh like 200 tons, I believe. So you have, what, 600 tons of gun, and then probably another 300 tons of turret, that are just blown sky high and land down next to the ship by an internal magazine explosion. This obviously ripped the ship in half and caused the ship to capsize and sink quickly. The ship took down 1,393 men with it, and that was the end of Roma.
Here's some just sad facts about Roma. She sailed in 20 sorties, so she sailed 20 times, and that was just transfers in between bases, mostly. And none of them actually managed any combat in any of the sorties. She only covered 2,492 miles in her entire career, and she only burned 3,270 long tons of fuel. And she only sailed for 133 hours. And at the time of her sinking, she was a pretty much a brand new battleship. That would be like the equivalent of USS Gerald R. Ford or HMS Queen Elizabeth. It's Queen Elizabeth, right? I think it is. But the brand new uh, British aircraft carrier just sinking. Brand new. Barely even used. Barely. They barely even got some rust on there. Just barely even broke in the engines. And they already lost it. That's not quite as bad as the Swedish ship Vasa that capsized hundreds of years ago, only a kilometer from port, but that's still pretty sad. Well, that is going to be it for this section of Rank Amateur. And now for a message from this episode's sponsor. Hello, and welcome back to Rank Amateur. We're going to be discussing the World of Warships section of Roma, the battleship of Italian descent. Not named after the tomato, as we found out, but indeed named after the Italian capital city. Interesting. Anyways, she is a premium ship, and a tier 8 premium ship at that, and she is one pricey ship. I think it's valued in at like $53? Let me check. Yes, $53.60, and that is US dollars. I don't know what it is in foreign currencies. I do apologize for all the Australians and British people listening to my podcast, but I'm sure you can enter that in Google and convert it. She was actually, she's actually a relatively new ship, only two years old, and she's pretty typical for a battleship in World of Warships, except she's very, very tough. She's a tough battleship, a fast and agile battleship, but her armament can be a little tricky, let's say, to master. But I'm just going to go over the specifications of it in World of Warships and kind of let you decide. So she costs $53.60, as we've gone over before, and that translates into 13,100 doubloons, which is incredibly expensive for a tier 8 ship. Or, I mean, maybe not for a tier 8 ship, but it's still pricey. Hit points, 65,400. Main battery is 381mm, so those 15-inch guns, and three guns per turret, and there are three turrets. She has 30-second reload, which is like the average for battleships. It's pretty typical. She has 180-degree turn time of 30 seconds, which is actually pretty fast. So that's how long it takes the turrets to turn 180 degrees, which for a battleship is pretty fast. And she has a firing range of 18.12 kilometers, which is pretty pretty atrocious, let's say. Let's use the flamute word. Atrocious for a battleship at its tier. It has a maximum dispersion of 243 meters, which, I mean, maybe on paper that doesn't look too bad, but it, it really is weird because when you shoot the guns on the ship, or fire the guns on the ship, it... The, the shells seem to group themselves together, and that may seem okay, but the grouping is almost never on target. So this ship can be kind of frustrating to play in that respect. She has maximum HE shell damage of 5,100, which is 
really, really lackluster. The HE shells, don't expect the HE shells to do anything really spectacular for you. Chance of fire on target is pretty me mediocre at 24%. Initial HE shell velocity is 880 meters a second, which is amazing. That is, that is spectacular for a battleship, in fact. The HE shell weight, which doesn't matter much, but it's 824.3 kilograms. It's pretty heavy. The maximum armor-piercing shell, or AP shell, damage is 12,000, which is pretty dang good. That's going to hurt a lot. Initial AP shell velocity is 850 meters a second, which isn't as great as that 880 meters a second, but it's still pretty dang good. AP shell weight, 884 kilograms. That's, that's got some meat to it. So, secondary armor is pretty numerous. Um, it's it's not particularly good. You could do secondary belt on this. And for those of you who are new to World of Warships, secondary armor is armament that you do not control. And it targets smaller ships, or actually any ship, but it's mainly used for fending off smaller ships. And the secondary battery consists of 90mm OTO 1939 50 caliber guns. There's 12 of them, and they're disposed of one turret each. The firing range is 5 kilometers, which I believe that that's smaller than it was in real life. I'd have to double-check that. But the reload time is 4 seconds, and each shell can do 1,300 damage. And it's got a velocity that's slower than that of the main guns, or at least the HE shell main guns, 860 meters a second. Chance of fire on target is 5%. So, they're okay. I mean, I really wouldn't expect them to do that much. It's got 152 millimeter, which is interesting because most battleships have only 5-inch guns, which are at 127 millimeters, and this has basically 6-inch guns at 152 millimeters. That, they, they do pack a bit of a punch. Rate of fire is 5 shots a minute, so that equals out to a 12-second reload, which is Really, it's a slow reload. This is why, I mean, the the Roma has a lot of secondaries, but they're all relatively slow reloading. They're just kind of sluggish. And this is talking about the armament that is 6-inch. So 12-second reload is it would be bad for a main armament on a light cruiser. And ugh, it's, it's not cool. So... The maximum HE shell damage is 2,100 damage, so that's per shell, and you're firing six shells off each side, because they are sided, so they're located so that they can't fire on either side of the ship. They can only fire on one side. But they'll do 2,100 damage, which for a destroyer, that's pretty pretty scary. They have an initial HE shell velocity of 950 meters a second, so these are lasers. And they have a chance of fire on target of 7%, which isn't that bad. And that's the same for the other side. So, I mean, this ship can be very scary in secondary armament if you spec it for that, but, eh. The AA defense, ugh, It's not even worth really mentioning that much. I mean, it's pretty much got what it's got in the um, real life, I think. Well, no, a little less than that. But the damage per second's like... Per gun suite is like 92.8, 54.4, 35.6, 114, which, if you're new to World of Warships, isn't that great for a Tier 8 ship. And a Tier 8 ship is a high-tier ship, so it should, it's going to have to fend off Tier 10 aircraft, and it just can't do that. It can't even fend off Tier 8, and you'll get lucky if you're able to fend off Tier 6, and that's two tiers below you, so that's, that's pretty sad, but...
maneuverability is when the ship starts to redeem itself. That's a maximum speed of 30 knots, which is really good. Turning circle radius, 810 meters. So as a fast ship, it's not going to be able to turn that well. So it, turning circle radius, for those of you who are new to World of Warships, that is how tight it can, or the radius of the circle it can turn if you put the rudder hard in either direction at maximum speed. And that's 810 meters. But it's not too bad. Rudder shift time is 15.6 seconds, and that's not too bad. Rudder shift time is how long it takes the rudder to get from hard in one direction to hard in another. And for those of you who are new to ships in general, the rudder is what steers the ship. Uh, concealment surface detectability range. So how far away are people going to be able to detect you? 14.94 kilometers. That is if you haven't fired your guns yet. And that's pretty dang good. That's like really good for a ship. Uh, I believe it only gets beat out by the Monarch, which is the British Tier 8 ship. And the British Tier 8 ship is it's only okay. So what are some pros of this ship? Well, some pros is it has absolutely outstanding AP penetration. I mean, I think per gun caliber, so if you were to divide its penetration by its gun caliber, it would have the best in the game. It doesn't have the best penetration in the game just because ships have larger guns in it, but for its relatively small gun caliber for Tier 8, it's got absolutely amazing penetration on it. The shell velocity is excellent, which means you're not going to have to lead your target at all. And shell velocity is how fast the sh shells are. If it's slower, you're going to be able to shoot over islands because the arcs are going to be higher, which is how high the shell goes in the sky. You'll be able to shoot over islands, which is not something you're going to be able to do in the Roma, but you will be able to do in the... or you will be able to... Uh, like be more accurate and i kind of say that because your aim will be accurate but the shells won't necessarily be and i'll clarify that later the armor or the armor protection is amazing it's comparable to velvidostak and that's a russian ship and if you are in world of warships you know that russian ships are incredibly tough or at least russian battleships they are incredibly tough they take a beating and they're really really hard to sink and comparing being compared to a valvado stock is pretty amazing for this ship the concealment is amazing is is excellent the main battery traverse speed as i mentioned before is is awesome if you're fighting a target on one side and you have you kill the target and you're switching target it won't be it's your gun reload so if you're targeting something on your broadside and you're uh, on your port side and you sink it or you get destroyed by someone else and now you're going to switch all the way on the starboard side it's only going to take 30 seconds and your gun reloads 30 seconds so it's not even your guns won't even be reloaded by the time you're targeting your next target which is amazing for a battleship it's pretty agile for a battleship i mean it's not the greatest but it it's still it it will punch it above its weight as far as agility and so you might think, well, this is a great battleship. I mean, it, it is a good battleship. But what's the cons of it? Well, there are some pretty pretty hefty cons, let's say. That's a short main battery gun range. And, yeah, that's that's pretty... Eh. I mean, that, you might think that's bad, but I almost think that's a blessing in disguise because you're never going to hit anything at this thing's maximum range, which is 18 kilometers, because the gun accuracy is so bad. And that's that's rolling right into my next uh, next con is the gun accuracy is just horrendous. Uh, 
it's comparable to German ships. It's kind of frustrating in that respect. You you have a broadside cruiser, a broadside cruiser, a beautiful shot that you should be able to take them out in one salvo. You fire at them, and you completely miss. And it's not because your aim's bad. You might be have, have really good aim, but it's just the ship is is not performing. And the next one also has to deal with the main turrets, and they're often disabled. I find that when I'm playing against Romas and it, you will find out that their turrets are often <laughs> destroyed. I saw one game where I had a Roma, and I or I did when playing the Roma, but I was in my New Orleans. We had a Roma on our team, and he was only firing three shots. So I looked at his gun turrets, and two of them had been destroyed. So he was having to like make do with a rear turret, which I can't imagine how how weird and laughable that was. But the HE shells in the ship also as I mentioned before, are really bad, so don't even bother firing them. And the AA is pretty bad. It's it's pretty bad. So I wouldn't even recommend going for an AA build on this, trying to boost it. It's just like polishing a turd. I mean, the anti-aircraft guns are about as useful as an ashtray on a motorbike, and see if you can figure out why that's not useful. Then the Citadel. This is something that you haven't talked about, but even though it's extremely well-armored, the Citadel, so the critical part of the ships that if a shell penetrates, it will always do full damage, sits very high above the waterline for a ship. And this is also like Soviet battleships, so you're... I mean, this ship plays really similar to a Soviet battleship, and I love playing Soviet battleships, but the Citadel sits above the waterline, so if you're broadside, you're completely broadside, much like Soviet battleships, they will it will take a massive amount of damage, especially if you end up playing with a Musashi or a Yamato and they have 18-inch guns. Yeah, you're going to find out you're going to take massive amounts of damage if they manage to catch you broadside. So what should we build for upgrades? Well, for since it's a battleship in upgrades... And this is probably going to be for experienced World of Warships players. Main armaments, modification 1, just increased durability and hit points of your main armaments. Slot 2, damage control, and this, or damage control systems, modification 1, pretty typical. Slot 3, aiming systems, modification 1, to try and um, polish up that horrendous accuracy or frustrating accuracy that you have. I find that it's not necessary to equip the... Um, the any up, expert marksman or things like that. I mean, you could, but uh, or any upgrades for the turret traverse. You could, but it's already really good, so I would invest in other things that are bad about this ship. Slot four steering gears modification. Eh, you can you can. That's not necessarily good. I mean, you you can you can do that. It's just what I have, but it really in slot four you can do whatever you want. And slot 5, Concealment Systems Modification 1. You want to do that because the ship is already really stealthy, and you're going to want to boost that because it's one of the main advantages that this ship has is how stealthy it is. So boosting that would be a really good idea. Captain Skills. And I realize that I haven't explained this to those of you who are new to world of warships or haven't played it and you're kind of just kind of peeking into the game to see if you're interested in it and captain skills are essentially uh things that you could equip your commander with so the captain of your ship you can equip them with to boost various things about your ship like you can boost how fast the main battery guns reload if you've taken damage 
or you can see there's a skill where you can see how many ships are targeting you or yeah it really really doesn't matter what you equipped your ship with or it matters depending on the ship but there's a wide variety of things is what i'm trying to say that you can equip your commander with to boost various aspects of your ship so what do i recommend well i totally recommend going with the preventative maintenance first i mean you, you always as a rule of thumb with a new commander you always want to get priority target and that's going to tell you when someone's targeting you or how many people are targeting you with their main battery guns and the next thing i would get it's also a one point skill but it's pretty important is a preventative maintenance or preventative maintenance so that's a 30 percent reduction to the uh, the risk of incapacitation, while wow, I cannot speak today, of main turrets, torpedo tubes, steering gears, and engines. And you're really getting the skill to pick up the 30% chance, or the minus 30% chance of incapacitation of the main turrets, because those will get incapacitated or, well, destroyed. It doesn't help you with that. Or uh, damaged very often, so you're going to want to prevent that. Adrenaline rush, you can take that. Um... Yeah, I guess I would take that because it's the best skill at uh, Tier 2 for your commander. And it will help you get to Tier 3, which is where the important skills lie. And that is the basics of survivability. You're going to want to get that first as far as the third skills. Um, because that's going to decrease the repair time of fire extinguishing and recovery from flooding. or And repair. By 15%, which is a significant margin. And then, before picking up Superintendent, and I'll go into that later, before picking up that skill, you're going to want to go into Fire Prevention. And, yeah, I mean, it's just a battleship, so that's a good idea to pick it up. Uh, actually, actually, hold on a sec. I have neglected to talk about Concealment Expert, which is another four, four skill, or four-point skill. And Concealment Expert is going to decrease the detection radius of your ships by 10%. And that's very useful in a stealthy ship like Roma. I mean, I know that a battleship isn't stealthy because it has a detection range of 14 kilometers, but it's a battleship. So that's pretty good for a battleship. So definitely take that. Then I would say take Fire Prevention. And then take superintendent which is going to provide you an additional charge to all your consumables on your ship and that additional charge is going to allow you to have an extra repair and an extra spotter plane which that goes down to consumables as well so you're going to want to have uh obviously you have your damage control party and your repair party in your slot one and two and that's mandatory in slot three, you have a choice between a spotting aircraft or a catapult fighter. Definitely take the spotting aircraft. Don't even mess with the catapult fighters. I personally think that catapult fighters aren't very useful just because they're only active for 60 seconds, and it it's really easy as an aircraft carrier player, plus, trust me, because I'm an aircraft carrier player, that to wait out a ship's catapult fighter consumable and then come back and attack them in a few minutes. Or, yeah, while it's on cooldown. So take the spotting aircraft, because that's going to increase your uh, kind of bad range. And, like I said before, you're not gonna, you might struggle to hit things. 
at that maximum range, but it's useful if you spot maybe a broadside cruiser or something. And speaking of broadside cruisers, we're going to go into what's kind of interesting about this ship. Well, the, main, the main thing that makes Roma special, other than being one of two or the only Italian battleship that's still on sale. They removed Julio Cesar from sale a few patches ago. But its extremely high penetration guns mean that it is an absolute fear for battleships at medium ranges. So they talk about like 12 to 8 kilometers. And that's how it uh, functions like a Soviet battleship because that's kind of the sweet spot for Soviet battleships as well. Now, this extremely high penetration guns means that you're going to struggle to actually land penetrations on cruisers. And you're thinking, like, what, a battleship that can't deal with cruisers? Yeah, that's kind of what Roma is. And she's a very unique breed in that sense, that if you fire at cruisers, especially lightly armored cruisers, you're almost always going to get over penetrations and fail to do reliable damage to them. Not to mention that you're also going to have a high chance of missing them because the guns aren't accurate here. But that can be a little bit frustrating for some captains. And that's kind of the main thing that's going to make people not want to purchase the ship just because it has issues with <laughs> dealing with cruisers, which was kind of what battleships were built for. But it does extremely well with battleships because of the, its survivability. It has the ability to sneak up on broadside battleships from around an island or just in open water because it's really stealthy. And it has the unique ability to punish even German battleships with their turtleback armor. That's kind of what you're going for is just kind of closing the range to around 12 kilometers and picking your fights with pretty much battleships only. So my recommendations for playing this ship would to be to find battleships that you can shoot at, especially lone battleships that you can shoot at, because this ship will be very hard for any captain, the battleship captain, to, to manage to deal with successfully unless you give them broadside. So don't give them broadside and go into open water as much as possible. You don't want to have to deal with destroyers or cruisers because you don't really have an efficient way to dispose of them reliably. And that brings me to my final thoughts on this battleship and is it worth it? Well, I mean, that's really up to you in the end. Um, if you're an Italian World of Warships player, I would say go pick this up. It's your only battleship. Um, it would be really cool to play. But other than that, I don't really know. I mean, if you're in the mood for a battleship that's fast and has heavy amounts of armor and has guns that are more or less shorter range but extremely high penetration, I would just kind of go up the Soviet line. And once you get to, like, Tier 7 or even Tier 6 with the Ismail, you'll have a ship that plays very, very similar to the Roma. And that's what I would recommend doing if you don't have 13,100 doubloons to blow on a battleship. But if you're looking for a tier 8 battleship, this might be a good option. Especially if you're not into kind of going in and brawling at close range like a Massachusetts would. Or maybe a Terp or a Terpitz would. It, uh, it should be maybe a Massachusetts would, not uh, maybe a Terpitz would. But... I don't know. Uh, Tur Massachusetts and Alabama are pretty similar, so you can choose whatever there. Turpitz is probably this thing's main competition, based on the inaccurate main battery guns. But 
it's it's kind of unique in the fact that it's so high penetration. Uh, I guess I would have to leave you to decide. I personally, I don't know. I don't think I would pick this one up. But in the end, that decision is completely up to you. And I hope you, I supplied you with enough information to make that decision. And I hope that you like this podcast and you'll go to my merch site, which is down below in the link in the description. And I also hope that you might send me an email with any suggestions on ships I should do next or any interesting scenarios that you've come across in World of Warships. As always, thank you guys for listening to Rank Amateur. And until next time.